I can just think of like an Elton John in the middle of a Macy's trying to sing like Benny and the Jets while shoplifting. I stole the television like a candle in the wind. <laughs> while, while firing off a, a semi-automatic weapon into the ceiling. <laughs> ba, 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 Benny hit the Jets. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve along with the other Steve. Ciao. And Ryan. I'm so going to regret the fuck out of this. <laughs> <sighs> what what perchance are you drinking this evening? Um, So, I have this... I, okay, so, let's be... To be upfront. Um, I don't know who bought these, right? We went to the liquor store with some friends. <laughs> I got I an handful of bowling alley bumper water. <laughs> so we went to, to to ABC Liquors after the bowling alley, and fuck, this is called Monaco Tequila Lime Crush. It's nine percent. It's made with tequila, lime liqueur, artificial flavor, and certified color. I didn't know the color had to be certified, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, but 9%, I just opened my third. Oh, my well, God. Well, just so you know, a mistake. it's got nine reviews on Google. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> and it's three and a half stars. That's not bad. That's not bad. Because uh, you know, those is, people, mediocre evening. you have to assume no, no. people made those reviews drunk as shit, you know? No, I can tell you right now, it's it's not good. No, it, it looks very, like not great. It kind of looks like something you'd get at a golf course, you know? <laughs> like you're at a but golf so course like what, do you, what kind of beer no do you have business oh. in the abc buying more liquor because we were already kind of drunk and when i woke up the next morning we had a shitload of liquor that we didn't have the night before that was not touched because we were already drunk ah there you go so this is like liquor backlog i'm going through drunk Bro, purchases golf courses only have three beers what you're drinking which they consider <laughs> the top end they're gonna charge you like 30 bucks for it shock top orange and bud light that's it. That's all you get. And if the lady on the cart has, if she's white and she has a dreadlock, you might be able to get some really shitty weed from her. But the accuracy is astounding. <laughs> I'm so they accurate. Might, they I'm might have a Bud Light seltzer. Cause That's true. I haven't in, been golfing in about two years. So, yeah. In, um, in, in, in the Borat movie, spoilers, they, they go to a debutante ball. I'm not going to watch it. Oh, my God. And you... <laughs> And and in the and in the debutante ball, they're all drinking uh, Bud Light uh, seltzer. Perfect. So I watched before that movie last night, and uh, yeah. First of all, shout out to uh, the Macon Debutante Club because that was real fucking classy <laughs> with your Bud Light seltzers, right? But uh, who doesn't like you a need sweet to watch it? It's Bud pretty Light funny. Sel- I'm never watching a Borat movie, dude. I can't. <laughs> I, Sasha Baron Cohen's up there with uh, David Cross and um, a couple other people. I just I don't. They're just not my taste, you know? Like Maynard James Keenan. Fucking no tool for me, buddy. I listen to everything else. I'll, like, skip their set, you know? I'll go to a a concert and, like, back in the day and, like, you know, some band will open and then Tool's, like, the main band and I'll leave. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm done. I'm done. I I get it. Fuck you, Maynard. I don't want to stay anyway. (laughs) I like Maynard, but I don't like his music, so... 
Okay. That's all it is. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. It's the same thing, I same problem I have with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, but keeping him in our hearts and minds right now because he so gracefully embarrassed a piece of shit. Uh, Steve, oh, do you Uncle think Rudy. this recent movie would pass the Comics Code Authority? It would no. definitely not. <laughs> for, for a lot of reasons. Um, I'd like you to so, convert so, the episode into listing the reasons why. <laughs> that's that's going to be a bit hard because part of it, too, is the fact that there that it's like a, a panel of lawyers that, that determine... If it's, Is if it's it acceptable fucking or not, really, and it's and it's to such an extreme degree that they they ding stuff for things that weren't even on the original list. Um, so this it, sounds like the MPAA. Is that so, similar to what we're talking about? Kind of. So Steve kind of gave away um, what today's episode is about. I it's had about to. the Comics Code Authority, um, which for a long time was something you would always see on comic books. It would be a little square that would be on the cover of the comic book that would say Comics Code Authority. And and growing up, I didn't really know what the Comics Code Authority was. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was like the Nintendo Seal of Approval. Like, because the Nintendo Seal of Approval, I, I think they, they don't really put it on Nintendo games anymore. But they used but to have used, that gold star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it used to be on Nintendo games because um, there were a lot of uh, bootlegs. And it was one of the things that kind of killed the Atari so they, they were very quick about putting the seal of approval on their game boxes to show, you know, that this was an officially licensed Nintendo product um, to sort of, like, prevent these people from putting their games into stores that would sort of destroy the image of Nintendo by them all being, like, 401, like, Chinese bootleg carts. I didn't realize it was bootleg games. I thought it was that shitty E.T. game that killed the Atari. Well, a, a number of things killed the Atari. Technically, that uh, ET game but that was one of the things, it, right? Because I mean, it huh? was technically the ET game outlasted the Atari in a pile in the desert. I mean, oh, true. Yeah. It's, it's like nuclear there. waste. It just you can't get rid of it. I heard when they uncovered it, a bicycle passed by the moon. I think I heard that too. <laughs> true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Truth is out there. That fucking asshole hey, hey, that uh, uh, Hey, Jamie, it. can you look that up for us? Can you pull up that uh, bicycle? Oh, no, actually. I still want you to know about the bicycle. Jamie can't look anything up right now. Jamie's got the COVID. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. It he turns out. He can't pull up the gorilla videos himself. It turns out uh, taking personal opinion-based objections to wearing a mask during a pandemic can result in infection. Ah. No, who would have thought? Who would have thought? All right, so the Comics Code Authority, I vaguely remember this thing, like being on my my uh, Swamp Thing comics and, and my Venom comics, vaguely. Just totally gave yourself so, away. You watched Swamp Thing. Dude, oh, fuck yeah. That was the, I had Swamp Thing action <laughs> Swamp figures, Thing. Though. Swamp Thing's one of those comics where, uh, and I'm jealous of you because I haven't bought it yet because you can't get the good shit on Comixology without buying it. But uh, oh, I really want to, I really want to because I'm, I'm into the mythos let's say lovecraft but really the extended universe stuff and swamp mm-hmm. things really got that like elder god shit going for it in a lot of ways like the weird stuff so i was i didn't know that i thought it was just some kind of fucking campy thing but apparently no. the uh yeah, the no. backstory with it it's about more yeah exactly so it can't be right it's got to be much yes. better than that so i didn't know swamp i actually didn't know it was I alan Moore was, until i read uh watchman the original watchman for the first time this year after making sure steve uh, oversaw my purchase and uh, got me the right version. 
Swamp Thing was an amazing comics, and I can remember like having the toys, like the Swamp Thing action figures, yeah. and reading the Swamp Thing comics. Now were they covered in like like weird coleslaw and <laughs> what? <laughs> were they swampy, motherfucker? <laughs> They were. But I, I mean, turned like, into a I, swamp I, thing right around the end of July, early August. Well, so I remembered I had swamp this nostalgia, ass. like that foggy memory of what my swamp thing action figure looked like. And before this, we started tonight, I actually pulled it up on Google what my swamp thing action figure looked like. Uh, spoiler alert, not at all, as I was remembering. Uh, it looks way shittier. Um, but also, that's, again, me looking back with rose tinted glasses. Yeah, the mem- memory does that. Sorry, Steve. I, so... To, to start us off, um, all this sort of starts coming up in the 40s, um, because after World War II has ended, um, a, lo- a lot of things are going on in American society at the time, um, and comic books are seen as sort of the, the video games of their day, in that there's this public criticism against them as being harmful for children. Okay. Um, and, a, and, a, and a lot of this is because, and this is somewhat related, um, when we're recording this, we're close to Halloween, is that a lot of these are are like horror comics and they're also crime comics. Oh. So so when you see those comics about people like making deals with the devil and like like women killing men or whatever and like smoking cigarettes after doing it. Those like, heathens. Fucking double Yeah, sense. like So those those comics are from before the code and these are sort of the the things that people take issue with. Oh, they had to okay. tamp down on those women. Freeloading women smoking those cigarettes. Those free wheeling women vaginas. smoking cigarettes. They're not even slim, dude. They're supposed to be in the house. How are they they're killing smoking, people? They're smoking not only regular cigarettes. Some of them are even smoking menthols. Oh my god! Oh my are they god! Too? Menthol. Menthol palm oils. The Look. only thing you can get worse is unfiltered. Look, dude. Mint. Camel, in your camel cigarette, wide. <laughs> mint flavors in your cigarette, menthol, mentholated cigarettes. That's reserved for men. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in, in 1948, there's this guy named Dr. Frederick um, Wortham, and he writes these two articles. One of them is in Collier's Magazine called Horror in the Nursery, and another one is called the psychopathology of comic books which is published in the american journal of psychotherapy is it just Um, basically the same book and he changed the title so he could publish it because horror in the nursery sounds like casey anthony wrote god it sounds awful i'm thinking about it from like today's eyes you know like because these are these are articles because remember collier's is is a magazine it's just like a regular commercial periodical yeah and in the american journal of psychotherapy it was probably a little more rigorous like, he probably actually had footnotes and stuff. <laughs> um, and that's also why it's called The Psychopathology All right. of Comic Books. All right, there's a footnote here. I'm going to go down to the bottom of the page. Oh, it says he thought about this on Tuesday. All right. Yeah, just one step above highlights for children. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and because there's this mounting sort of criticism of comic books, um, the industry first gets together and they form this group called the Association of Comics Magazine Publishers. And they form it in 1948. Um, but they're not really effective. Now, why is that? Because people were making money and there was no real, like, legal like, well, punishment? Well, one behind. of the reasons why is that they, they sort of get in arguments about what they want to do. And one of the one of the ones that sort of opposes this is the main publisher of, like, these horror and 
and crime comics called EC Comics. EC. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Not DC. EC. EC. And and it's it's entertaining comics is the full name of um, the comics, and you you're actually probably pretty familiar with one of their main properties. Because one of their main properties was Tales from the Crypt. Oh, hell yeah. I remember those. Okay, yeah, I, so I, the, I no longer hate yeah. them. I love them. So the, the Crypt Keeper is, is like sort of the host in the comic, and he introduces the stories. Um, and they have some other sort of characters that are like the Crypt Keeper um, that introduce stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also had a publication that you're also probably familiar with, which was Mad Magazine. Okay, I, oh, I was. Uh, shit. I, I okay. have no problem admitting that I was subscribed to Mad and Cracked several I times. I absolutely in my life. subscribed to Mad before. So Cracked, I left earlier because Cracked became one of the best websites. Like it was, it was always a really decently run website. But yeah. uh, but Mad Magazine was just uh, fantastic when I was a kid. In nineteen, Henry Schultz, who's the executive director of EC Comics, he'll come up a lot. Um, he gets in an argument. Um, or or Gaines, who's the head of the uh, EC Comics, he gets an argument with the director of the Association of Comics Magazine's publishers, Henry Schultz, um, and he leaves the association. And by 1954, um, only three comics um, publishers remain in the association. Um, and even then, um, putting the seals of the um, the ACMP on their comics don't don't really do anything for them. Okay. Because the idea was that you put this seal on the comic book, and when retailers buy them, they would know, you know, that this this comic is all right, and and that parents would probably also know that as well. Okay. Now, at the time when they say, "Hey, this is all right," what were like the stipulations to get that that seal? Well, I don't really know what their um, their guidelines were, but it was just sort of that they were self censoring. That the Comics Code Authority has like a much more um, sort of like written out thing like the the Hayes code and some of the other things we've talked about before about what mm-hmm. can and cannot be shown in comics which we'll get to when we talk about the forming of the the code authority okay um so in 1954 um ortham publishes this book called seduction of the innocent jesus Ooh. man Ooh. nightmare in the Ooh. nursery seduction of the innocent <laughs> these guys are sick i live yeah, in the wrong decade he's very man. worried um and you and and we'll go into seduction of the innocent. But while this is coming out, there's also a a very publicized congressional hearing um, on juvenile delinquency. <laughs> Amazing time is a flat circle, man. And this and this is also around the same time, you know, that the McCarthy hearings are going <laughs> Fucking on. Fucking Rust Cole um, over here. <laughs> there there are a lot of sort of like <laughs> congressional committees, witch hunts. Sorry, we um, are listening to you. <laughs> Congressional committees and witch hunts get my blood boiling. The big thing about Seduction of the Innocent is that it it sort of um, talked about over and covert depictions of violence, sex, drug use, um, and and other things in the in the crime comics. Violent um, comma sex or violent <laughs> sex. Violent, violent sex. comma sex. So probably both then too. It's <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, vi- violent sex hadn't been invented yet. You know, Jeff <laughs> would invent that before he dies. Um, uh, yeah, violent sex uh, was invented in 1964. <laughs> and and though he focuses a lot on these crime comics, he also focuses on superhero and horror comics. 
Right. Um, and, he, and he sort of gives the same argument throughout that people give today about video games in that if you read these comic books, you're going to want to do what people do in these comic books, so it's going to turn you into uh, a murderer. Right. I would love to be able to fly like Superman and shoot laser now, beams from my fucking eyes. Are you kidding me? Well, what? Well, Hell I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't? You know, Ryan, I mean, you joke, but, I mean, Steve, they were right. I mean, several people developed superpowers as kids and killed hundreds, right? <laughs> that happened, right? Or am I confusing yeah, That's the plot of Firestarter. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're getting to get Which is based back. on true events. I get these things mixed up. You know, I, th- these comics really, they need a code authority. I shouldn't be reading these. <laughs> they need somebody, yeah, they need somebody to, to, to tighten down on this because uh, I'm watching The Boys down, currently. Uh, shout out to Amazon Prime. And uh, I've heard the comics of The Boys sucks. That's what I've heard. You know what else, too? Like, have you ever seen Dennis the Menace? I, I saw that when I was a kid. And I, I killed my neighbor, Mr. Wilson. You know? I didn't mean to. Beat him to death with a shovel. I got away with it because I told him I read the comic. So, you know, they said that that's probably what it was. I said 14 Hail Marys, so I was okay. It's unfortunate that there's no regulatory board that can tell people what they can show in comics. Yeah, and, you know, you, you just did what Dennis the Menace did. You know, you just circled... You know, your, your toe around and just look, put your head down and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> they felt bad for you and they just let you go. They said, all right, no problem. Oh, I can't we'll convict this boy. We're throwing the case out. Boas will be boas. And, and when Wortham describes these comics, um, a lot of the comics he's talking about are especially comics by EC. Um, because theirs are very, like, like horror-based, like people getting decapitated, stuff like that. Thanks, Steve. You're EC's the new tipper gore for me. Now I know which comics <laughs> to read. EC sounds, like, amazing. And, yeah. and, he, and, and Wortham uh, refers to these themes in the comics as, quote-unquote, an injury to the eye. Um, I mean, are they really, like, poking people's eyes out? Or is he, like, saying it's offensive to look at? Look, you He's can, saying it's offensive to look at. Look, you can either expose Pussy. people to the Crypt Keeper now <laughs> or wait until ten minutes before they die. I mean, Jesus. Or, or, or you could run them for president. Just saying. <laughs> and... And Wortham always talks he, – he also talks about – and he's a little obsessed with it too and, and, in a weird – in a really weird way with, with the hidden sexual themes within comics. Yeah. Um, he, especially Batman and Robin. Um, he he sort of talks about them be – they're concealed um, – in, in the comics, these sort of depictions of Batman and Robin as gay partners and also um, images of female nudity um, that, that he claims are hidden within the comic. I wonder what he would think of the ambiguously gay duo on SNL. He'd probably pass the he, fuck out. He would die. He'd have a, he'd have <laughs> a myocardial <laughs> infarction. Just put it in there. Don't play with it. Just put it the in. Great, Don't jiggle it around. Those is their fucking dick car when he gets stuck Steve, going in the tunnel. Steve, <laughs> Steve Colbert. Oh, my God. Um, and he, he also has a problem with Wonder Woman um, because he says there's a bondage subtext in Wonder Woman um, but this is actually like there because the creator of Wonder Woman, uh, William uh, Bolton Marston, um, was really big into bondage. Yeah, and a lot of he people was also, were at that time. He was also big into like free love. All um, right. Some people he 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 had a he. I guess you could almost call him a polygamist. Okay. Um, he, he had a mistress that lived in with him. Um, some people would claim like that you know he had this sort of like. Um, this sort of like a feminist idea of how we treated women, but that wasn't actually how it 
um, panned out um, for a number of reasons. For the mainly women? Because, mainly because when he <laughs> took on his uh, mistress to live with him, um, he essentially told his wife, you know, that she's going to live with us and you're going to accept it or you're going to be out on the street. Um, which at that time in the 30s was, was something that was like true. It was, like, it was totally gonna... achievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk into over. Hi, I'd like to put my wife out on the curb and not pay a dime. No problem, buddy. Come on in. Ten bucks. That the police officer comes out and it's like, right away, sir. You want me to remove her from the front? Now listen, <laughs> Mrs. Winchell, we're going to need you to leave the house and sit right over here on the curb. <laughs> but by daybreak, you better be gone or we're going to get the dogs out here. <laughs> don't I have any rights? Uh, no. No, you don't. Um, Ed, he also claimed that because Wonder Woman was a strong and independent woman, that it made her a lesbian. Dude, I'm going to tell you something right now. I know what this man <laughs> masturbates to. I already know. Strong women. That, that, Everything like, he oh, says. Cause, and I bet you he's a member of, we well, might have been a Democrat at the time. But all I'm hearing is gaslight, uh, what's it called? I hear Project. death by snoo-snoo. <laughs> death probably, by snoo-snoo? He's, death he's, by he's snoo-snoo. He's probably a Republican, to be honest. Right. Um, In the 40s? But, yeah, in the 40s, okay. he, was, he was probably, because um, they were a bit stuffier on these things, um, especially in the north, which is where he was from. Um, so, you have to remember at this time as well that, that homosexuality was considered a mental disorder, that it was in the DSM yeah. at that time. Yeah, we've talked about it before um, with, um, what's his name, the guy from Britain, the scientist. Yeah. The guy that broke the code, uh, the Enigma code. Yeah, Turing. Turing, yeah, Alan yes. Turing, yeah. yeah. And it, it didn't just happen in Britain. I mean, it was bad in the United States, too. Yeah. So. Um, he, he claimed that Superman was was un-American and fascistic. Superman. Yes. So, I can see... So, I can people see took the, him seriously? I can see the fascist part of it. I can see the fascist part of it, but I, I don't... Anything past that, now. See, the thing is, is these people are schmucks, and essentially most people back then we're going to just agree with whatever sounded like we were playing along. So it's like, he's a fascist. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't have a strong argument against that. He's a fascist. I would say, honestly, Captain America is more of a fascist. But I absolutely can... I can see if I squint and if I just got out of a pool that had a lot of chlorine and it's like the hour that my glasses are at Lens Crafters, I can kind of see what they're coming from with Superman being a fascist. Well, I would say, but, like, yeah, Super- it's a reach. Superman's a well, Jewish Superman superhero. A- yeah, I just, like, <laughs> I'm not yeah, joking. Superman You're laughing, but it's just, true. No, like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm laughing because you say that like you preclude, preclude him from being a fascist because he's Jewish. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> the, the Nazis banned Superman because they found him to be um, that that he was like because he was not fascistic, and he also he also at one point in the comics. Um, he picks up uh, Hitler and Stalin and takes them to the League of Nations um, to stand trial for their invasion of Poland. Um, so, Superman? He, yeah. Um, and <laughs> and with Captain America too. Captain America is usually written as like a New Deal, like Democrat. Dude, I like, am drunk because I thought you were about to say a new Democrat. A new Democrat. Captain America, originally his shield was just his underwears. When he lost it, he was completely dude. And there there are a number of times when Captain America would go against the United States government. Um, At one point, there was a plot line in the 60s where the person he was fighting, 
is heavily implied to be Richard Nixon, and Aww. and Richard Nixon <laughs> kills himself at the end of like the storyline in Captain America. Someone get me Captain, Captain America. America. And he becomes nomad. What? Well, that's number okay. one. I have two things about that. Number one, fuck Richard Nixon. If you listen to any of his recordings, fuck Richard Nixon. Number two, no, he's a piece of shit. I actually like Captain America a lot, but mainly it's because I liked playing as him in Marvel vs. Capcom three. So uh, we'll leave it right it's a good there. Good reason. It's a good reason, right? Um, one of the things that that Wortham uh, critiques is that a lot of the comic books will have um, ads for things like air rifles and knives in the magazines or in the <laughs> comic books. Okay, nice. Yeah, I mean, well, back then you had to get the the boys into guns, you know, so they didn't become homosexuals. It's true. <laughs> And it and it was it was also it was also a lot like how popular mechanics used to be, where you'd go into the back and they would have like all the things you could order. Ah, uh, dude, you know what was my favorite thing in popular mechanics? What's next? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like ten pages in every time, and it would just be like a couple pages of like shit that's coming out. He would also sympathize with uh, sellers, uh, retailers who sold horror comics, um, because they would be compelled by distributors. Um, to sell them, because if you took one book from a distributor, you had to take all the books. What kind of fucking rule is that? What are we playing, Uno? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like that today in the comic industry. There, there's a monopoly on distribution by a company called Diamond. Um, and, and we'll sort of get also to why that would happen with the distributing of comic books uh, when we get to sort of like why they were included in the congressional hearings. That's why I'm a big fan of that new Shonen Jump app, the uh, manga app. It's two bucks a month, and you have yeah, it's great. unlimited access to 10,000 volumes of comics. Good lord. Yeah, two bucks a month. One of the things um, that Wortham has in there originally, too, um, is that he, um, that he had comic book panels um, as evidence and also with his commentary on them. Um, and the original, uh, the original uh, first printing of the book had a bibliography listing the, the comic book publishers that he cited. Um, but he was afraid of lawsuits, so he took that out of subsequent um, versions of the book. <laughs> and, it, wow. and apparently, okay. a, a first edition copy of Seduction of the Innocent is valuable um, for that reason, yeah. because it has the bibliography that, that subsequent editions do not have. I feel like a film reel yeah. of Reefer Madness. I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and it's sort of the same, the same sentiment. I just love that the idea that when I was in high school, that the only time I ever watched Street for Madness, there was weed smoke in the like. If there's not, there's a problem. Yeah, you're making a mistake, right? Everyone I know, reefers. Everyone I know who watched that movie was getting high. So probably reading like hey, Seduction I, I of the would, Innocent. I would like, be offended if they didn't. You know, some some fucking kid like reading this like man these comics sure are bad give me that next batman oh man <laughs> he's he's re reading that then he just then he goes watch gay porn i mean the thing about this stuff that always bothers me is like you could anything could be that way right if your fetish is yeah. something then you have to take it out like there's definitely a kid out there who's reading batman or detective comics and sees alfred and goes that's what i'm into fucking alfred <laughs> Hey, don't don't kink shame a uh, a butler fetish. I'm just saying, like you know, that, do we have to get rid of Alfred now? Like, this is like there's a, original cancel culture, man. It's uh -oh. like a it's uh -oh, like a person who gets all all upset and huffy when they have a Downton Abbey 
marathon on during the day. He's like, children are watching this. <laughs> oh, my God. Here comes the uh, rant. <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. Carson should kick that guy out of there. Just kick him right out. This is 1900s, early 1900s Britain. You can't have a gay butler. Um, he, he also... He, he also worried about the effect that comics would have on girl readers. Um, and he also, um, in a lot of his um, anxiety over the homosexual subtext of, of Batman and Robin was also c- concerns for the readers, you know, wearing the, the big the big floppy hats, the the colorful shirts, doing the doing the downward motions on their chest where they're like, right. they're like, hey, stupid bitches. What? Um, <laughs> Negging, you know. Oh, negging! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, like, what? What? Uh, what? Yeah, I'm just joking. You know. Just like I, I Boy, never, I? I never understood that. Like, yeah, there's probably women that are into that, but to lead with that seems like a bad idea. Like, walk yeah, up to some girl at the bar and you're just like, "Hey, ugly." <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> the, the idea is, though, is that. I, I guess it's sort of the thing that they're they're expecting you to be like nice to them to pick them up, but because you throw an insult at them, that it just sort of like takes them off balance, and then you move on from there. It's not meant like to be that like, it's like oh you know she she has like really low self esteem, but it's just sort of like you coming at her when she's not expecting you right. to to hit her low. You hit her low, and since she's staggered, you can like. This you is like literally to... out of the insult. Hey, hey can I buy you a drink? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, take a uh, Manhattan bartender, Garver, and give her two. She's not paying attention to her weight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. I want to go home <laughs> with this man. This man is. He sounds like he could support a family no, no. and my emotional you, well-being. Listen, did you just come up with that off the top of your head? Yeah, I'm pretty fucked up, I guess. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Um, Holy shit! <laughs> so, part of uh, part of uh, Wertham's reading of of Batman is is being damaging is the fact that it's a non traditional family unit. That it's not a nuclear family. Right, it's and just that Bruce it's just, and Alfred. <laughs> it's Bruce, <laughs> Alfred, and then his young ward. Yep. Um, and also too, with talking his with, young Bert Ward. Uh, and apparently he also interviewed um, homosexual couples um, and or, or he, inter- he interviewed homosexual males who, who sort of clarified to them that they found it to be a joke because that's how a lot of gay men would form couples in that an, an older gay man would sort of adopt a younger gay man. Yeah. Not not like underage. Right. right, but, right. but just sort of be like he's adopt He's like my ward. Yeah. But it, it was just to get around, you know, the anti-homosexuality laws in the country and also to ensure, you know, that they could legally take care of each other. You know, rest in, okay. rest in peace to uh, James Randi. He had that kind of relationship. The magician, Big, the, the magician that just died. That. Oh, yeah. Big Huge yes. R.I.P. Big He's boss. got a great um, documentary. Uh, I forget yeah. what it's called. I'll look it up real quick here. But um, um, An Honest Liar. And it's really interesting, and it goes into his personal life like that. But yeah, similar relationship. I'm just um, surprised that uh, Matt Gates, because Matt Gates, the Florida, you know, wait, is he gay? He's not. Well, no, uh, I. I th- you don't. Know? I'm joking. I'm <laughs> well, joking. Well, I, I, I didn't think I, he would have a, a young, a young uh, boyfriend. I guess you could say young boyfriend. He thought he wasn't old enough, but apparently. So uh, around the time this is all happening, 
there there's a huge shakeup in in the industry um, because believe it or not, um, the distribution companies that deliver comics are heavily mobbed up. Sure, makes sense. Um, makes sense. Remember, this is the 1940s, they, and even um, even some people who were at Marvel and DC at the time will say that you know that they had a guy that was in the office who was just one of those like mob guys who like got a job there to watch things and just sort of sat around and read the paper. He's like all Christopher you know? Moltisante at the you're supposed to push whoopistics. <laughs> yeah. He beats him with that. Why? Head. Why would I be why would I push whoopistics? It's got a terrible net ratio. <laughs> oh my god. Um sales had also gone down for really no one knows why. Um, comic sales had decreased by about like 40 percent um, going up to that period and no one's really sure why I, I think it largely had to do with sort of um, the comics explosion of like, <laughs> well no they, they haven't come into the picture yet. oh okay okay um, yeah, so, 40, so right? this is all before that before that so leading up to sort of this congressional hearing mm-hmm. um, TV has become a big thing you, um, which will come you up just during answered the your question. <laughs> and and movies too. Um, but we like can't movies figure out why become comic much sales dropped forty percent. But TV and movies were a big thing right around now. But can't figure out why comic sales dropped. Um, so a number of companies have have gone out of business. Um, sales are down. And around this time, a senator um, named Estes Kofover. Uh, um, he, so he. Where do you find these people? <laughs> Estes Koffover. Yes. Like testes without the e, without the T, and then Koffover like the without the Kofifi. Like the Rockets. Uh, okay, I don't know that reference, but I'll take your word for it. You know, like the the rocket engines that you put in the 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 models, like the Estes rockets. No, I haven't played enough Kerbal Space Program to unlock that yet. No, I don't, um, I don't know. That's fine. Go ahead. But he's he's an American politician mm-hmm. from from Tennessee, um, and he's really big into um, being like against the mob. He he sort of has a reputation of being a, a quote unquote mob hunter. Oh, he wants to get killed, is what I heard. Yeah, he wants a he wants a horse head in his bed. That's exactly. What it um, and he sort of gets the idea is that he can use. Wortham's agenda to sort of strike at organized crime by attacking sort of the distribution arm of the comic book industry by attacking the comic book industry. Okay. Hmm. Um, so public hearings are held April 21st, uh, April 22nd, and June 4th of 1954 in New York. Um, and a lot of this focused on sort of the, the graphic crime and horror comics of the time and what effect they had on juvenile delinquency. Because remember, this is the the hearing on juvenile delinquency that I mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, and this is this is all broadcast on television. Um, so this is like, television's a new thing. Um, you only have three channels, and one of them is going to be playing these. Yeah. Um, and the, the hearings also made um, the headlines in the New York Times, uh, some of them even on the front page. Wow. Okay. And, and so... A lot of clout. Uh, so Wortham comes in as a witness um, for the Senate subcommittee as their sort of, like, chief psycho, uh, psychologist. Hmm. Um, 
and he comes. Was in he a psychologist? He, yeah, because remember he he wrote that that's that uh, psychological paper, but like right, uh, psychology is not I like a it very was strict to, science. What was the title of the paper on tied butts? I think it was. Yeah, on roped up booties. Yeah, it was featured, like I said, it was featured in highlights for children. Yeah, it was, it was something like that. Yeah. The the hidden the hidden images in Twilight in highlights right it was uh, Betty Page for professionals I think it was something like that <laughs> it was in the latest issue of Swank <laughs> Swank Swank just Got him. Swank's just a word man <laughs> fucking Got such him. a word and and in his in his testimony about the comic book industry. He also claims he he makes the claim that the comic book industry is more dangerous for children than even Hitler was. Whoa! True story. True story. Big, big fucking words, bro. Despite his faults, Hitler wasn't gay, and uh, he. You sure about that? I mean, (laughs) no. He was was kind of an asexual. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm just saying, you know comics and hitler i mean come on everyone's picking comics as being the greater evil you've 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 heard the behind the bastards on on hitler and his they, yeah. they talk about his yeah. sexual exploits yeah in it, nah, he's, he's kind of like a weird loser yeah he's definitely can you a imagine if he actually had children like can you imagine having to be that person to say who's your dad there's a have, uh there's a netflix show that i'll i'll end the conversation there because it's a it's actually a good topic but there's a netflix show about like herman goering's kids and uh, oh my you should definitely look it up because I, I will tell you this, and I'll tell this to our audience of 15 people. <laughs> if you're going to watch it, watch it during the day and like get really happy before you watch it. Like Whatever makes you happy because it's oh, it fucking depressing. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's basically people talking about how they refuse to have children because they want to end the evil. Oof. Dude, it's yeah, um, Hitler's Hitler's relatives and a bunch of other... Um, yeah, they're still like relatives Jeff of, of Nazi war criminals are are have, have pretty much vowed that they won't have children because they yeah. don't want to carry on the family family line. Um, Good on them. So uh, Wortham at this time is also um, a psychiatric expert in a trial of what are called the Brooklyn Thrill Killers. Hmm. And the the Brooklyn Thrill Killers are are more like a gang of of young people. Um, who had just like brutalized people and also killed two men in the summer of 1954. Okay. Um, and Wortham at this trial, he asserted that the gang leader that he was influenced by comic books, um, uh, specifically pornographic ones, um, because uh, during this time and and sort of like around this time and not as much later on, um, there were like pornographic comic books. Um, like uh, mainly what were called Tijuana Bibles, which which were sort of like they were sort of like underground. Like some guy is just making these in like a back room with like a mimeograph machine, like like reprinting like pornographic comics where like Popeye is like fucking uh, olive oh, oil and stuff I, like that. Yeah, I thought the Tijuana Bible was like places you could eat and could not eat, and things you could and could not drink, and places that you should and should not go. You know, I never understood uh, Popeye with olive oil because, like, you figure a sailor would want something with more meat. You know what I mean? Well, you know, she's reliable. You know, he's out to sea all the time. He comes back, she's there. Do you know how flexible have, like, olive oil is? <laughs> cartoons. I love this assault I'm getting now. <laughs> just you guys just going nuts. Are you serious? You're not into olive oil. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not into olive Look, oil. Look, I'm into olive I'm oil, saying. but it's because uh, sono italiani. But that's about. I'm not into olive oil. Steve, <laughs> Steve, if you're gonna if you're gonna come at olive oil, don't don't do it when the olive you oil best stands not miss online. <laughs> oh when the God, olive oil stands not... are online. <laughs> Let's change our podcast name to Olive Oil Stands. <laughs> Uh, All in um, favor. How'd you name your episode? How'd you name your podcast? Well, listen to episode thirty-five or whatever it is. <laughs> Where episode we talking 34. about uh, Popeye's sexual exploits. Oh my god! Anyway, um, enough about Popeye. So this this case also that's going on at the same time as these hearings is help boosting this like backlash against comic books. Um, and one of the comics cited um, by Wortham is called Knights of Horror, hmm. um, which is which is like an underground like fetish comic series um, that he used in evidence during the trial and it would be banned by the state of New York. Um, and this ban would, would be opposed um, up to the Supreme Court and the, Supre- the Supreme Court would uphold the ban in 1957. Oh my God. So I, fuck having freedom of the press. I'm Fiorella um, LaGuardia and I don't want you to jerk off to this. Because it's, it's sort of like obscenity. Whereas, like, one of the right. main reasons why they shoot pornographic films in the San Fernando Valley is because they have legal precedents on their side. I gotcha. Because um, yeah. obscenity is determined by the community that the trial is taking place in. There's no universal standard for obscenity. Yeah, it's like that uh, that famous thing where, who was it, the senator that said, I can't define pornography, but if you show it to me, I can tell you that's it. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Because, like, if you look at the difference between things like Playboy... Like, I remember, like, snatching my granddad's Playboys because he owned this uh, heating and air conditioning business. So, of course, all the dudes in the shop had, like, Playboys laying around. I used to snatch them and, like, look through them and, like, all right, cool, like, boobs. But then I fuck around and found a Hustler one day. Mm. Yep. (laughs) There was no going back. (laughs) It looked more like an anatomy textbook. (laughs) I was like, oh, I was, I want to say I was, like, 13 when I saw, like, the Hustler. And I was just like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah, that's. That's like when you discover hardcore pornography on the internet, and you can never go back to like Cinemax. Yeah, yeah. Read your diaries. Get the fuck out of here. It's true. You know, it'd <laughs> be hell, Duchovny. Steve, it'd be a lot easier for us if there was a, um, a Pornix code authority that was on the uh, internet to stop such a thing. You know, I'm sure Larry Flint tried. <laughs> I only was- want the veiniest of dicks. And the deepest of pussies. I can just see it now. Well, there goes the uh, podcast. Gonna have to make this one explicit, boys. Uh, let's see how many minutes in are we? Forty-five minutes exactly. Forty-five minutes is when we became an explicit episode. So iTunes doesn't kick us the fuck off the air. My kid listened to the trilateral troika, and he heard about deep pussy and big cock. <laughs> Shit! Should have marked that episode explicit. <laughs> So, uh, one of the people who's you know, called funny to is, testify... Actually, before you go, my boss might listen to the show, so how you doing, buddy? Look at him, baby. Go ahead. Um, so, one of the people that would come to this committee um, who would be testify is William Gaines. Um, remember, he's from EC Comics. He was the one who had the falling out with the previous um, ACMP um, sort of like regulatory body. Gotcha. Um, and he and his contention was that he only sold comic books of good taste, um, which, which, Coffever, um, in, in sort of like Can we just call to, him to go against him. <laughs> Kofifi. He, 
he entered into evidence um, one of uh, Gaines's comics, which was uh, Crime Suspense Stories, uh, number twenty-two, um, which was from um, which was from that year in nineteen fifty-four, um, which on its cover had a a dismembered woman's head, um, and the cover of it is is like sort of like a man holding an axe and a woman's head, and sort of like this the part where her head's cut off sort of ends where the bottom of the comic page is. That's fin. You know what's the bottom of the comic. See, that's smart. I look at that as being trite, right? Like, that's just, all right, it's whatever. But I have to put myself in the frame of mind of the 50s, where these people were like, fuck it, we're already explicit. These people were only having sex, lights off, missionary position on Saturday night. Otherwise, I think that's not real. I think that's a misnomer. Yeah, it's not real. I think think that. I think that that's what... They would uh, nah, the generations back then would have you believe that, but they were just nah, as kinky, if not more so. I call bullshit. Well, the one the one thing is is that sex education during that time period is terrible. So sex was bad during that period. The one reason was because nobody knew what they were doing. Right, there was a lot of um, anal happening just because they and, didn't know. And, <laughs> and, the old and the second, Catholic vagina. I'm in. And the <laughs> and the the second part is is that a lot of our idea of this time period comes from the TV at the time, which was already under a restrictive code, like the 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 Comic Code Authority and the Hayes Code and stuff like that. Right. So that's why you know, like Ricky and Lucy sleep in separate like twin beds. It's not because people really did that. Because they're it was biracial. Because they couldn't depict them <laughs> laying in bed together. Because <laughs> they're biracial, right? <laughs> well, there was a there was issues with an episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Because one of the plot lines of the episode was that Dick Van Dyke would be locked in a bathroom. Yeah, well, well, let me let me let me clue you in on something, Steve. What? Dick Van what? Dyke is locked in a bathroom right now. <laughs> oh wait, because <laughs> he's a ninety-year-old man who can't get out. <laughs> now that now that you bring that up, I feel like it's like it's spinning something up in my brain. Wasn't there a thing with like all in the family that there was like this huge hissy fit that got thrown? By some like morality group, yeah. When Archie Bunker like flushed a toilet or something. No, he he he. Uh, didn't he like? Didn't Sammy Davis? Sammy Davis Jr. kissed him, like gave him a kiss on like the cheek or something like that, and it was a big. Problem. Maybe I'm thinking. Of, maybe that's it. But there was something I'm thinking of that was like a toilet flushing was this huge scandal. Like, oh my god, you just put that in a television show. Yeah, a toilet. Flushing. I will oh my say, god. Like, became- if you're gonna take your argument. Right about how it was more prude. That's the best media to go with, television. Like, oh, just people look back and they think that the world was June Cleaver when it was really more Betty Page. <laughs> and you know they they have had issues with the with them flushing the toilet, but you know within a couple of decades, yeah, that was just married with children. <laughs> exactly. I, <laughs> right. Right. We Fuck yeah, dude. Dude. Um, it, so. It is worth talking about that as much as possible, by the way. I'm, we might have to keep referencing that. The fact that the morality standards are so much different that I'll use it. We'll call it the Dick Van Dyke barometer. Yeah, I, yeah. I would also say that the foreign morality standards was very much based on this sort of idea. Uh, it, and most of it was sort of like a Cold War. Uh, part of it was like a very evangelical Christian mindset. And part of it was also the Cold War. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the propaganda of the 50s was framed in that, like, the evil of communism 
was that the the women of the Soviet Union were like liberated. They didn't have to depend on men. They could have jobs and they were equals in the workplace. And that undermined capitalist society where the nuclear family and like Leave it to Beaver was seen like that sort of thing was considered like that is the hallmark of American capitalism. I'm really impressed that American capitalism didn't think back then. Well, fuck letting a woman stay home all day. Get her ass to work and we can make more money. Like, I'm really surprised that they didn't start thinking about that, like, all this untapped labor, so to speak, that just, quote-unquote, sits at home and, you know, takes care of the family. I'm really surprised some piece of shit back then wasn't like, nah, give me all them women so I can just exploit their labor. Well, the issue – well, the the main thing with that is is that, one, women have to stay home to take care of the children, and two – the women who are staying home are spending money. That's part of the idea. They're buying appliances. They're uh, buying. They're buying okay. all these things for the home. Right. They're taking care of the children. They're having more children. Their the door-to-door vacuum sales. Their, their husband. They're, they're drinking while they're at home. Their husbands are drinking when they're at work. They're fucking the secretaries. You know, it's like Mad Men. Um, <laughs> so this this is an exchange from the trial between Gaines and the sort of the board of the subcommittee. Um, so Chief Counsel Herbert Baser said, um, and this was also a front page story in the New York Times. Should I mark this explicit? Like, does he say "suck me, you fuck man" at some point? <laughs> suck no. me, fuck man. <laughs> so, so he says. Then you think a child cannot, in any way, shape, or manner, be hurt by anything that the child reads or sees? Um, Gaines responds, "I do not believe so." Uh, Baser says. There would be no limit, actually, to what you'd put in the magazines. Gaines replies, only within the bounds of good taste. Um, Senator uh, Koffever uh, says, here is your May issue. Uh, this seems to be a man with a bloody axe holding a woman's head by which has been severed from her body. Do you think it's in good taste? Gaines, uh, Gaines responds, yes, sir, I do, for a cover of a horror comic. A cover in bad taste, for example, might be defined as holding her head a little higher so that the blood could be seen dripping from it and moving moving the body a little further over so that the neck of the body could be seen to be bloody. Uh, uh you've got blood coming out of her mouth, Gaines responds, a little. Wow. Uh, so the the governor uh, the government doesn't really like act beyond this hearing uh, but uh, because uh, one of the main reasons is is that a- after this um, Koffever loses interest in, in sort of like going against comics because he becomes a presidential candidate in the in the 1954 uh, presidential primary I'm surprised he didn't use that as like a, a more of a platform to roll with like and- these 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 comics are, are are ruining our youth. Yeah, but it was it was also 1954, and he was going against Ike, so he was definitely losing. Um, oh, okay. And he, he wasn't actually like the final candidate either. Yeah, I like um, Ike. So he he so he just sort of goes because remember he wasn't really like that obsessed with the moral crusade or like owning it. He mm-hmm. just mostly wanted to like go after uh, something that the like a mafia business. Okay. Um. And so the final report of the Senate subcommittee on juvenile delinquency, it doesn't blame comics for crime, um, but it recommends that the comics industry um, to voluntarily uh, tone down their content. Okay. So they, the publishers get together and they develop the body called the Comics Code Authority. Here we go. Uh, 
So Gaines is the one who initially what year calls is this? the meeting. This is in 1954. Okay. Um, so Gaines calls the meeting with his with his fellow publishers, um, and this is sort of to to fight outside censorship and also to repair their their industry's image and reputation. Um, and the idea for them to fight outside censorship is they feel that as them being people from the industry, that they would be able to do it better than people from the outside who would probably be more heavy-handed. Uh-huh. Sure. No, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, and so the the main organization is called the Comics Magazine Association of America, the CMAA, and the Comics Code Authority go, is the Ryan. branch within the CMAA that sort of like does the censorship. The MPAA. I mean the CMAA, the Country Music <laughs> Awards Authority. <laughs> Just shocking y'all every year. Shocking y'all every <laughs> goddamn year. This From song doesn't even down. have trucks. How are you going to release it? No one's going to take you seriously. <laughs> There's no trucks. If I ever start a country song, my opening is just going to be... And then it goes like into the music. You should do and that. Will sell a it should just, and it should just be like, cowboy! Like after... You, know, <laughs> like that. you should just say, country boy can't survive. Hey, that's a good song, bro. Like uh, the country boy can survive uh, you can on be, Monaco, tequila, you can be wine, the f- crush. You can start. You should start a country band. I'll be in it. Okay, I've been in bands, two bands, and uh, we'll call it Florida Boston Line. <laughs> wow, that's a long line. <laughs> I thought you it's said like, instead of wine. I thought you said lime. No, <laughs> that sounds like a pie of some sort. That's a Florida Boston Lime when you eat it. The inside of the cream, it spells out fuck. It's a Boston Key Lime Cream Pie. <laughs> Actually, not going to lie, I, I'd probably fuck with that a little bit. Yep. A Key Lime Cream Pie? I think we yeah, just invented maybe. something. Uh-oh. So, the... the anyway, Because remember Steve. I mentioned that the ACFP... Speaking of cream pies, the, let's talk about comic censorship. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> so the the ACMP the the previous body that they were pretty toothless they they didn't really have as many rules so they didn't really enforce them um, but the Comics Code Authority would be different um, and all the comics that carried um, and that all comics would be required um, to carry a, a code of approval prior to their publication right from Vince McMahon yes pre- pretty much Vince senior senior yeah the the worst one. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm going to read you some of the some of the guidelines they have and the and the restrictions for them. All um, right. So the first one: crimes shall never be presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal, to promote distrust of the forces of law and justice, or to inspire others with a desire to imitate criminals. All right. Okay. All right, I follow. If I don't, if I don't crime agree is, with it, but I follow. Go ahead. If crime is depicted, it shall be as a sordid and unpleasant activity. These are so also can, their words. All right, yeah, so. we can also eliminate Batman because they, it's never presented as unpleasant. They always the, the criminals love doing it, but they always anyway. lose. That, that's yeah. part of it. Is is that they can't they can't be seen winning? Okay. Well, look, um, man. I mean, a quick high ends quick too. You know. So. Policemen, judges, government officials, and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect for established authority. All right. You fascist fucks. Absolute, anyway. absolute horse, horse caca. 
but uh, yeah, go ahead. Criminals shall not be presented so as to be rendered glamorous or to occupy a position which creates a desire for emulation. Okay, so no uh, Liberace shoplifting. All right. <laughs> he plays a plays a mean piano. He's just a little bit eccentric. That's all. <laughs> I can just think of like an Elton John in the middle of a Macy's trying to sing like Benny and the Jets while shoplifting. I stole the television like a candle in the wind <laughs> while while firing off a, a semi-automatic weapon into the ceiling. <laughs> ba ba ba! Benny hit the Jets. <laughs> We're gonna get caught by the coppers. In every instance, good shall triumph over evil, and the criminal punished for his misdeeds. Okay, that's fair. That's how comics should be. Good should always win. It means comics. No, I disagree. I'm not saying that it's the best way to present it. I'm just saying, like, for for, for kids. You know what I'm well, saying? It's if you're like, talking about, like, kids' comics. Bring the it's kids like, down, but don't let them touch well, nothing. It's, well, it's like <laughs> wrestling. You know, the heel has to win... Like every so often, Why? or it's going to be boring <laughs> because the, you know the babyface, the hero, is always going to win. So you always know. Yeah, all, that's fair. Every... But now, now I'm re-looking at this, and it's in every it's every instance. Good always wins. Okay, yeah. that that might be a little much. Well, the thing but, is, is that it's it's completely and utterly unrealistic because bad has to win for good to even try. Correct. So. Scenes of excessive violence shall be prohibited. Scenes of brutal torture, excessive and unnecessary knife and gunplay, physical agony, the gory and gruesome crime shall be eliminated. All right, so basically, no, uh, no. Gore, Don't make it realistic at all. No gratuitous violence, essentially. No comic magazine shall use the words horror or terror in its title. Okay, fuck off. Yeah, come on. on. Jesus. All scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gory or gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism shall not be permitted. So, here's the thing, right? Your mark... I think it's really important, Brian. uh, Ryan said that earlier that uh, this is... That good guys have to win if kids are reading it. And... That's what they're marketing at, right? I mean, this whole thing is essentially because comics are considered the pursuit of children, right? I mean, yeah, I feel well, like it, it. It also falls in line with like the ESRB today, like the Entertainment Software Rating Board or, or ESRB. Yeah, yeah, the Entertainment Software Rating Board that does like video games. Like they're specifically looking at it from a kid-centric point of view. Right. They understand lowest, that adults lowest common games, denominator, but it's, it's a yeah, it's well, a child-centric. We have to, yeah, we have to pander we have to cater this to the lowest common denominator which is a kid because you have that, to you have to remember too is that a lot of like the ec comics are sort of like for older audiences right like a, like a kid could read them but they're sort of dedicated to an older audience and that a lot of the people in the comic industry at this time are essentially writers and artists who are blacklisted from other industries for the fact that they're jewish Jesus like, there's a reason why all the big names in, like, comic books, like Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Change their um, name. all of those guys are Jewish because they couldn't get work anywhere else because the, the employers knew they were Jewish and wouldn't hire them. That's dumb as shit. 
Well, I mean, we beat Hitler for them. What else do we have to? <laughs> and this is, and this is all from also even before then, like because they they all got started in like the thirties. Yeah, yeah. And it it still continued on into the forties and later. Um, Jack, Jack Kirby would tell a lot of stories about beating up Nazis. Uh. Um, and also killing Nazis in the war. Um, apparently, Jack Kirby would always would always tell the same story, and it always ended in him killing three Germans. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a very World War II generation uh, story. Yeah. Um, all lurid, unsavory, gruesome illustrations shall be eliminated. Um, inclusion of stories dealing with evil shall be used or shall be published only where the intent is to illustrate a moral issue and no and in no case shall evil be presented alluringly nor so as to injure the sensibilities of the reader that just sound uh, god all this sounds so stupid it's all sounds so stupid scenes dealing with or instruments associated with walking dead torture vampires and vampirism ghouls cannibalism and werewolfism are prohibited Wow. So, I mean, so you're essentially totally xing out characters there, like the werewolf, yes. Dracula, we'll, things we'll, like that. We'll we'll get to that later on. Okay. Um, all, all this all this stuff will sort of sort of come up, and we'll we'll sort of come up with like actual examples of times that these, like the code has come up against these in ways that are actually like really crazy. Yeah, because um, like it, it's like it almost seems like that's intentionally targeted at Wolfman. Well, because remember a lot, like, this is, most of these things I'm talking about are EC Comics. Like, most of, like, all of them are publishing, like, all the publishers publish these types of comics, but EC especially is, like, the premier, like, comic publisher of these stories. So, in your professional opinion, would you say that these uh, code criteria, so to speak, um, is directly kind of targeting EC Comics? Well... Steve, well, first of all, Steve said that that already. You said that already. You said they were, like, a main driver for this whole thing. They were a main driver, but, I mean, like, when they were created, do you think it was done with the intention of specifically targeting EC Comics? remember, EC Comics is the one that called this group together. They're the ones who formed the group. Um, So it's not not attacking them. It's just the fact that EC Comics, like, stock and trade is the main problem. Okay. And yeah, I'm I was sort- gonna say because yeah, because that's this is kind of what they specialize in. And I'm and I'm just bringing it up again because you have to remember as we're going on, we, we've sort of left that idea, and for what's going to come after I'm done with reading the rules, like what goes down with sort of the politics of this organization. Okay. Um, profanity, obscenity, smut, vulgarity, or words or symbols which have acquired undesirable meanings are forbidden. Hmm. Nudity in any form is prohibited, as is indecent or undue exposure. Um, Suggestive and salacious illustration or suggestive posture is unacceptable. Now, that's so... Oh, God, it's so subjective. Anyway. Females shall be drawn realistically without exaggeration of any physical qualities. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that got thrown out the window real quick. Um Illicit sex relations are neither to be hinted at nor portrayed. Rape scenes as well as sexual abnormalities are unacceptable. Seduction. So, basically, you, you cannot be homosexual. 
Yeah, or or there can't be rape or any any other sort I'm, of like. I mean, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, like I'm you can take that. rape out of comics. Uh, I don't need it there. Seduc- I don't need it anywhere. Seduction rape but... shall never be shown or suggested. Wait, you can't um, even suggest of seduction. Yep. Yeah. God, which um, is super anyway. subjective, by the way. Because like Sex you know, perversion. Amish people see a fucking ankle bone and losing it, losing it, bro, just fucking tripping. Sex perversion or any inference to same is strictly forbidden. Say that again. Um, sex, sex perversion per- or okay, any okay. inference to same is strictly forbidden. So there will be no sucking of toes, is what he's saying. Shit, man. Or like getting getting like like that wolf from like Looney Tunes cartoons, you know, like uh, going ooga when you see like oh, a, yeah. a beautiful yeah. woman and. Steam starts coming out of your ears. Ah, None of that. That's sexually perverted. So they basically banned Groucho Marx. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jimmy um, Durante. <laughs> Nudity with matriculous purpose and salacious postures shall not be permitted in the advertising of any product. Clothed figures shall never be presented in such a way as to be offensive or contrary to good taste or morals. That's literally the exact same as what you said earlier, where nudity, nudity is explicitly. This is in the ad, so these are pictures of real people or, or in advertisements. You know, you can't oh, have an advertisement okay. where, like, you know, you can't have a Frank Reynolds advertisement in your in your comic book. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> we gotta get so, more guns on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the cans on her, Deandra. <laughs> um, and. Like I mentioned, Gaines, this is not what he intended, so he refuses to join the association. And because uh, EC's initial issues don't carry the Comics Code seal, um, wholesalers refuse to carry his comics. Oh, no. Um, So after Gaines sort of meets with his staff, um, he reluctantly starts submitting the comics to the Comics Code, and all of his titles from then, um, from the second issue onward, carry the code. So I wonder how much the first issue's worth. Well, like, any in a money any, money. Well, any so, comic made before 1975 is is usually very valuable because yeah. there's not many of them around, regardless of the the printing things like. Yeah, this. you got to figure it's gotcha. almost 50 years ago now. Like That's back, crazy. I think of the 70s as being 30 years ago. Well, we're we're back, always going to think that, you know. I think of the 90s as being like 10 years. I ago. know that's fucking scary. Back. Back in the 50s, people were, like whining bird cages with comic books. It wasn't something like you collected in the same way that people collect comic books today. Gotcha. Um, and so many of his comics still, um, distributors uh, refuse to handle uh, EC Comics. Um, so three of his horror and two of his um, suspense story titles. Um, he ceases publication on them on September 14th, 1954. Okay. Uh, so EC tries to shift their focus to more realistic comic book titles, um, including one that um, called MD, which was sort of like a, a, I believe, a medical focus comic, and one on psychoanalysis. Um, okay. and, and it also renamed its remaining science fiction comics. Um, but a lot of his um, a lot of his revamping fails commercially um, uh, after the fifth issue so within like a couple months 
Um, and all of these titles are cancelled. Aww. Um, MD and, sounded like such a great comic. I would have read MD. So Gaines is constantly fighting with the Comics Code Authority. Um, and one example given is that he threatened um, he threatened a, um, a judge who was on the Comics Code Authority. He was the Comics Code Administrator, Charles Murphy, with a lawsuit <laughs> because Murphy had ordered um, EC to alter one of their stories in a, a science fiction story called Judgment Day that was to be published um, in Incredible Science Fiction number 33 in February of 1956. So the, the story, which uh-huh. is by a writer named Al Feldstein... And an artist, Joe Orlando. Joe Orlando is actually a well-known uh, comic artist of this period. Um, it was a reprint of an old pre-code um, story, which was published in Weird Fantasy number 18 in April of 1953. Um, and it was inserted because the, okay. the Code Authority had rejected an initial uh, story that they had put in there called An Eye for an Eye. Um, and they object to the story Judgment Day being put in because the central character in it is black. Um, so the the story that's is it? about a human... No, hang on, that's it? That's the only fucking reason? Yeah, because the central I'll, character I'll, is I'll black? I'll sort of give you an idea of the story. It's a very Star Trek... Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. Time on, time on, time on. We just went through the, the, the code. Like, I didn't hear anywhere in there, yo. Obviously, you weren't listening between the rules. Because remember... Oh, it's- okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> those fucking those those three point five. Because remember, those, Ryan, the, the those are the written rules. rules uh, there's a body that looks over every comic and decides what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. Gotcha. So when they they submitted the black main character, he wasn't denied for being black. It was well, no, because, it was because oh, he, he was black. Live up to the morale. It was exactly because he was black. They just didn't say why. Look, yeah. Is there I'm, any way that we can make I'm, Wonder I'm gonna, Woman? Wonder I'm going to give you the sort of the breakdown of the story <laughs> and sort of the, the dialogue that went on. Uh, between them um because it will help sort of uh clear up the situation um so so the the story is about an astronaut he's a representative of a of a group called the galactic republic that is visiting the planet uh cybrinia which is inhabited by robots um when he arrives at the planet um he sees that the robots are divided between two identical um robots that are one group is orange one group is blue and one group has uh, hey gator all right go mets hey let's go go nicks go knickerbockers rights than the others um so the astronaut by the end of the story determines that due to the robots bigotry that they can't be admitted to the galactic republic until they deal with these problems and in the final panel, the astronaut removes his helmets. This is the final panel, revealing that he's a black man. Um, so Murphy demanded, and this is without any authority in the code, um, that the black astronaut had to be removed. One panel. One fucking panel. Wow, these petty-ass um, pieces of and racist this is, shit. This is One Feldstein, panel, bro? Who One panel. Um, in a in a book called Tales of Terror, and the EC companion um, reiterating his his recollection of his exchange with Murphy, um, and he said, "This is him speaking." Mm-hmm. So he said, "It can't be a black person." So I said, "For God's sake, Judge Murphy, that's the whole point of the goddamn story." So he said, "No, it can't be a black." Uh, 
Bill just called him up later and raised the roof. And finally, they said, well, you got to take the perspiration off. I had the stars glistening and the perspiration on his black skin. Bill said, fuck you, and and he hung up. You've got to take because it makes him look. It makes him it sort of draws more attention to him being These... black. And it was. I can. See and it was a black and white comic. And unsavory. What our podcast? It was. It was a black and white comic too. <laughs> so the 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 perspiration just draws more attention to him being black. Right, because you uh, have to draw white. Okay. So. Yeah, and because this is dudes in the 50s, this is a bunch of guys thinking that it's a black guy, so he's a criminal, and he's being presented I, I posted as a picture glamorous. of the like, panel no, in, no. in the Discord so you can see. You know, it's funny, because like, I tell people this all the time. Whenever the concept of racism comes up, I always go to the fact that it's only been a period of time. Like, you got to be kidding me if you ever make the argument that it's not still a problem. Oh, my God. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at that. Like, that's not offensive in any way. But if somebody in the 50s... be a white astronaut with just a big shadow on Right. If somebody in the 50s or 60s sees that, forget it. But even today, if someone saw that, there are tons of people who would look way at that and be like, time to get Way to get political to comic books. Like he's literally only like thirty percent black in that picture, maybe forty percent black in that. Yeah, picture. he's like high yellow. You could make the argument that's a white <laughs> guy with a shadow caster. You know what they face. say: go woke, like, go broke. I, I, uh, um, um. So Gaines <laughs> is is sort of fed up with this, so he switches um, to focus on uh, EC's what what are called picto fiction titles. Um, which are large typeset uh, or a line of typeset black and white magazines with illustrated stories. Picto fiction. So it's all new. It's, it's like it's a comic, but it's not. It's, it's essentially a white novel. If you're familiar with like <laughs> Japanese like, publications, if you're if if you run the female no. characters under a, a light light bit of heat, you'll see some nipples. So essentially. <laughs> So, Flip so the pages real quick and you'll see her take her top It would be off. like Picto a picture fiction. on one page and then it would be text on the other. So it would alternate. Um, but the, okay. this experimental line okay. um, lost money and it only lasted for about two issues. Um, and so because EC's national distributor um, went bankrupt, um, Gaines decided that EC would drop all of its titles except Mad Magazine. Um, and so Mad Magazine would be it's 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 really its only publication <sighs> Thank God. and the only one of its publications to survive the, the comics code. So did they Well yeah, they because they weren't they, they weren't a comic book so they didn't have to go book? with the code authority. And you've read you've read Mag- Mad Magazine, so you know it's like a gotcha. it's set up like a magazine, it's not set up like a comic book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Even though it's filled with comics, which is great, because I actually, as I'm looking at it right now while we're uh, sitting here talking, I have a. Uh, it's called the Spy vs. Spy Complete Collection, and it's every single panel of Spy vs. Spy ever ever published in Mad, and it's a great book that I have just sitting around. But yeah, Mad Magazine was the shit, and it was it was always crazy to me that like they could push the envelope and get away with so much more than. Everything uh, else. One I'm at the time. one thing that came comes up later on, which does with DC Comics, is if you're familiar with the writer uh, Marv Wolfman, um, his 
his name became a point of contention with the CCA. Marv, no. I know Marv Albert. Marv, uh, Marv I know Merv Griffin was a. Um, he was big in like the Teen Titans in the eighties, like the new Teen Titans. He was like one of the main writers on that, and he was very big in like nineteen eighties DC comics. Okay. Um, so there, in one of DC's okay. uh, supernatural mystery anthologies, House of Secrets. Um, in House of Secrets number 83, which came out in January of 1970, um, the book's host, um, who I believe is the, the Stranger. Like like the hand you sell? Yeah, the Phantom, the the Phantom Stranger. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, okay. okay. There's like this guy. He's very, um, he's, he's like, his face is often silhouetted. He shows up in Swamp Thing a lot. Um, and he's he's a, he's like an immortal. He's like a guy yeah. that like wanders the earth, okay. and so he tells these stories, and very much in like a horror version of like Zalman's Red Shoe Diaries or like the Crypt Keeper. Okay. He's one of those characters I always look up. I think he's the uh, he's the wandering Jew, right? I I believe he he's sort of like a similar figure, but he's not actually the wandering Jew because there's a couple DC guys that are like him. Um, that that are sort of All like right. a border. If anybody needs to know what that is, it's just a legend. That it's a very anti-Semitic legend of yeah. of a Jewish guy who's cursed to wander the earth um, for eternity because he gambled for Jesus's clothes while Jesus was uh, hanging on the cross. Yeah, um, it's portrayed. It's portrayed in a lot of fiction. <laughs> like it's in it's in the, yeah. the show uh, Supernatural. It's in it's in a lot of stuff. So. The, okay. He he introduces the story that's called um, the stuff that dreams are made of, uh, and he he says it's what the fuck is he Carly he says, Simon? <laughs> and he says it's one that was told to him by a quote unquote a wandering wolf man. <laughs> God damn! I only know that because my mom used to love that song. She had a tape of Carly Simon, and it included the stuff that dreams are made of on it. Which it might have been related because it came out in 1970, so it might have been a play. Let me ask you a question: On the song, did she? It's right about the same time. Did she play yeah. it like in the living room of the house at like 11 oh, o'clock yeah. on a Saturday in the morning? Yeah, oh, Washington, oh, oh my yeah. god, dude! Um, the worst. So he says it's been told to him by a, a quote unquote a wandering Wolfman, and Wolfman is in all capitals. Um, okay. So what is the, the so there's no well what it is is they would scream Wolfman well, when they said Wolfman because you remember the Comics Code Authority <laughs> they can't use like werewolf um, so if it's Wolfman all lowercase it refers to a werewolf but if it's Wolfman with the with a capital W it refers to a, to Wolfman the writer. Um, so they were they were sort of being clever because you know it's like a horror story, so it was a wandering wolfman and it was their way of trying to get around the code. Um, anyway, everyone, that was episode uh, thirty four of the Trilateral Troika. Are you fucking <laughs> serious? So the the Comics Code Authority uh, obviously rejects the story and they flag Wolfman uh, as a as a violation. Um, but a, a fellow writer on the book, Gary Conway. It tried to explain to the CCA um, that the author of the story was in fact named um, and he asked um, whether it could still be in violation due to that um, and the, the Conference Code Authority agreed um, that it would not be as long as they credited uh, Wolfman on the story um, and this is why now in comic books especially from DC and other ones that they list the writers at, at the beginning of the stories of the comics 
Because if you open up this right, this look at this right here, right, is why you need a guy like Mr. Allen from Georgia to look at these people in the Comics Code Authority's face and say, suck my dick, you fuckhead. <laughs> You're going to tell me that the capitalization of one letter is preventing my... Com- suck my dick, you fuck man. Like, what is this? Who the fuck are these people? This is ridiculous, the moral bro. majority, this is, dude. Um, this is insanity. The moral this is insane. Because these are the kinds of people who will also, will also turn around and without a hint of irony, scream about freedom. And the freedom to do whatever the fuck. Oh they yeah. Want. This is murder. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In, well, as long as it's tradition. In, fuck. in 1971, anyway. um, beginning in January 28th, 1971, the the Comics Code Authority would sort of like revamp some of the rules, um, sort of revise them, Uh-oh. and they would allow and they Uh-oh. would allow for a quote unquote sympathetic depiction of criminal behavior and corruption among public officials. Um, and, Oh, so they're just going to make it more realistic. As, as okay. long as it is portrayed as exceptional and the culprit is punished, um, and as well as a, as well as permitting <laughs> some criminal activities to kill law enforcement officers, and the hey. quote unquote suggestion but not portrayal of seduction. Wait, wait. So okay, uh, okay, okay. So you can sometimes be sympathetic towards the depiction of criminal behavior, but. You can permit criminals to kill law enforcement officers, and that be okay. Well, as long as as long as the, I feel like the criminals it, are being defeated, it's not saying like the people killing the law enforcement officers like they're like this is awesome, kill cops. But they're so you so you can kill cops as long as you well, get yours in the what end. What it's saying is desserts. the Joker can kill like a police officer, but the Joker is beaten at the end of the comic. Like he doesn't get away with killing a police officer. Wow, they really went from zero to a hundred on that. Like, that's a one eighty hard. Basically, what they did from- is they they removed nuance from it because, again, it's still like the only way that I'm totally okay with some of this stuff is that it was marketed towards children. Like, if if it's if it yeah. is children yeah. reading it, I'm okay with them toning all uh, that kind of stuff it, down. It gets. You know what I mean, it, it gets um it, it gets better as we'll see from one story. Um, which also takes place okay. in 1971, but I'm, I'm going to go. Through I also these think changes. that I also think that kids okay. should uh, not be able to buy comics unless their parents buy them for them. You know what I mean? Like, I also think kids should have to read like real novels or short stories, like read Poe, like Edgar Allan Poe. Well, they already do. Before man. you read comic yeah, books, they- well, before you read comic books. Uh, I mean, if if you talk about like in school, I mean, yeah, I mean. But they're not reading that out of joy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but yeah, you're not reading that to like high school too, or at least middle school. Yeah. Um, they would also now allow um, vampires, ghouls, and werewolves when handled in the classic tradition, such as Frankenstein, Dracula, and other high-caliber literary works written by Edgar Allan Poe, um, Saki, hey, um, Conan Doyle, and other respected authors whose works are read in schools around the world. Lovecraft, Mockin, Smith. No, fuck Lovecraft. So, fuck Smith. Lovecraft. So because racist piece well, of shit. Yeah, the man was bad, but the books were definitely they fucking influenced generations of writers. So, uh, I've never read his works. Sorry, Steve. I've never read his works just because when I was actually acquainted and introduced to Lovecraft, I was also introduced at the exact same time to the name of his cat. Yeah, I um, respect so that. So y'all can Google that on it's, your own. 
uh, and I have never been able to separate the artist his, from the work. So his I've stories also have incredible racism in them, like Reanimator, for instance, is incredibly um, racist. Yeah, so Shadow over and yeah, Shadow over myth is really bad too. Um, and and the the horror at Red Hook. That's yeah, the horror at Red Hook's pretty bad. And as long as also you you have to understand that, though, the dude was you have to understand racist. that. You know, he was a racist racist. Like, I mean, Steve said it before in other episodes that we've had that he was really bad. He he was beyond the mm-hmm. standard of the day. Like, people from but, the South told him to tone it down. Um, I, shit. I believe, yeah, the guy that wrote uh, Conan. <laughs> oh yeah, but I believe in uh, the death of the author. And um, I think that uh, I think that the work can be separated from the author. I don't think it can be completely separated. I think you can detach it considering that the time period and that the the work as a horror uh, canon has really influenced a ton of writers that you like. Like, you like Alan Moore, and he was definitely influenced by Lovecraft. Like, yeah. so, I mean, there's there's tons of stuff like that. And But, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to tell you to go read it. Like, I, I like I like his books. I think they were good. But... There's ones where I will tell people, don't read this one, you know, because he was feeling particularly yeah. itchy that day. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that. So He could have used the Comics Code Authority. So, like I mentioned before <laughs> that, that um, because... Actually, parenthetically, the Comics Code Authority probably would have been completely fine with H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, they would have been just fine <laughs> this, with it. This passes muster. So, because... Um, there sort of had to be a literary background to the to the horror monster that was used. Zombies uh, would not be acceptable under the code because they're 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 not in literature. Um. So right. so to get around this restriction, except Jesus. Oh so, <laughs> so to get around this restriction, um, Marvel with this in the mid seventies, um, they would call um, they would refer to zombies as uh, zuvembies. Oh my god! And, oh, are we getting into this shit? And the, and the, go. and this would sort of go into as well in the Avengers. Uh, Wonder Man, who is who comes back from the dead, he's referred to at one point as a, a Zuvembi. I'm sorry, did you say Wonder Man? Yeah, Wonder Man is a he, he's an Avenger. He's he's mostly usually made out of energy. Like initially he wasn't, um, but for a long period. He's like uh, the color purple because he's just like an energy man. He's. Like, I thought you were talking about like the Oprah movie. <laughs> I was gonna say we see like Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, Wonder the Man is the color like, purple. Right, yeah. Gee, Steve, get your pop culture references out. <laughs> his, his super villain is Danny Clover. Oh my god, um, Riggs! <laughs> Holy I'm shit! I'm too old for this shit. I love Danny Glover. You I know, fucking. Like I think an entire generation. <laughs> Multiple generations of people are going to miss out on the fucking genius that was Danny Glover. He killed it. Every oh my god, was ever dude! In. Angels in the Outfield. He killed yeah. it. Angels in the Outfield. Fucking doesn't a shitty baseball movie killed it. So good. Does it? Does Love it again. Danny Glover. Um. Some sometimes though the comics code would would let some story slip. Um. For instance, DC Comics in 1975 in Swamp's Thing uh, number 16. Swamp's Thing. Um, <laughs> they they had a um a, a deceased uh, person rose from their grave. Oh no! Um, and in Swamp Uh-oh. Thing number fifteen, which was released the previous month, had a soul devouring demon. Oh no! Well, those are a little different. 
<laughs> but they're not they they don't they don't meet the muster of they have to be from this sort of classical literature. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. Um But what but do they consider around, classical literature? I mean like that's the Well the things I the the things the examples I gave in sure. the the write up, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, sure. um, Saki, um, Conan Doyle and, and others that, that wrote these sort of uh, horror stories. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, around 1971, um, Richard Nixon is getting really big into the war on drugs. This is when the war on drugs is really heating up. Um, so the, the United States Department of Health, Education and Welfare um, approaches uh, Stan Lee, who at that time is the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics, to do a story about drug abuse. They interrupted him while he was uh, massaging Jack Kirby's wife. <laughs> Hi-oh. Hi-oh. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> now, come here, Irma. There's a spot on your back. So we, <laughs> we agreed to do this, um, and he would write a three-part Excelsior. Spider-Man story um, portraying drug abuse um, as as dangerous and, and unglamorous. Ah, oh, what a cunt. <laughs> um, <laughs> while while the code um, did not like specifically forbid depictions of drugs, um, it still had the prohibition on quote unquote all elements or techniques not specifically mentioned herein, but which are contrary to the spirit and intent of the code and are considered violations of good taste or decency. Okay, so hold on. Does that mean that? In the entire from 1954 up until this point, we're doing the 60s, right? 71. That they never that 70. Oh, 70. 20-some so years, almost 20 years. This time they never had a drug smuggler as a villain. Well, actually, to, I, I was about to say that the Congress Code Authority did approve uh, a previous story that involved drugs um, in the, the <laughs> premiere of the hero Dead Man. Um, okay. He's the he's the ghost circus performer that that sort of like possesses people. So you can have a fucking hero named Deadman, but you can't have a black hero. Yeah, because they were racist. But because um, <laughs> okay, Deadman is Deadman is also incredibly white because um, he's a ghost. Um, so it, he appeared in Strange Strange Adventures two hundred five, which came out in October of nineteen sixty seven, which clearly depicted him fighting um, opium smugglers. What uh, the? F- so at, okay, so I get it. The time, rules are okay. So and then that shortly time, later, in 1978, opium was distilled into Oxycontin, and the story writes itself from there. Um, and then in 2020, <laughs> Purdue Pharma pleads guilty to their yeah, part they in paid four, on drugs. They paid $4 billion, dollars, and they made $35 billion that year. Eight billion, eight billion. Listen, let's not uh, let's not minimalize it. No, I'm gonna minimalize. I'm gonna minimalize it. Thirty-five, because that's a that's a fucking fraction of what they made that year. After they um, solidified their current in the next thirty-seven generations of the Purdue family, they have to pay a couple yeah. dollars. Once back that, that one, once up. all the fucking people at the top of that shit made their money, and all the people died. Everyone knows someone who's affected. Once all those people mm-hmm. died. Once everybody was fucking suffering and everyone got paid, that's when we find them a percentage of what they have made. Fucking assholes. And, and meanwhile, just, we're banning just fucking. Sort of add, meanwhile, we're banning blacks from comic books. Well, just, just to add, <laughs> just assholes. to add to that sentiment, is that the story itself, though though a little bit sanctimonious, sort of takes that thing. Is that like it, it's sort of a story of like. Um, Harry Osborne, I'll get to the story, but, but he essentially does that where he, he destroys his life on drugs 
and like they they have to sort of like save him. Doctor Octopus. Like, he, no, Harry Osborn, <laughs> Norman Osborn's son. Oh, okay. The one that looks exactly like his father. Okay. Um, so at the time that they submit this story um, to the Comics Code, um, the administrator, Leonard Darwin, um, was quote-unquote ill at the time, which I seem to mean that he wasn't actually ill. He just didn't want to um, deal with the story. Um like he didn't want to be the person who threw down like the the ban on it so the acting administrator john l goldwater who was the publisher of archie comics um he refused to grant the code approval for the story because he said in the story the narcotics were being used and that made it um wrong whereas in the dead man story it was only a business transaction involving drugs once again, once again, man, fuck capitalism. Oh no, are you buying and selling drugs? Are you in, are you engaged in the transactions of illicit materials? That's fine. Capitalism, using it? No, get the fuck out. Well, of here. I, what? I, I also want to remind you is that remember that John L. Goldwater is the publisher of Archie Comics, which is a rival comic book company. So it's not just the fact that there's this body administering the industry it's the fact that some companies within the industry are using the comics code authority to sort of attack and limit their competitors and leverage themselves yeah good Um, lord and so this is a request from the united states government itself too get the fuck out from the nixon administration yeah get fucked Um, so so essentially what happens is is that they feel pretty confident because they have it was a government request to give them the credibility um and their publisher martin goodman um approves it um they ran the story um in amazing spider-man 96 through 98 from may to july in 1971 without the comics code authority's approval good fuck them um just go around them who cares so the in the story, Harry Osborn, you know, he's he's going through like a very stressful time in his life, um, and he gets a- addicted to drugs, and it just sort of like escalates more and more as his life sort of like goes out of control. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it eventually leads to both Spider-Man and the Green Goblin having to confront these issues, um, because like the Green Goblin, who is who's usually insane, um, he, him seeing his own son like just so whacked out on drugs just just sort of like snaps to like tearfully about like how like, what he's driven his like son to do um and they, they sort of help harry and get him to rehab um and another t- part in the story as well um spider-man saves a kid who's tripping on lsd from falling off a building <laughs> um and um and in and in the issue um spider-man at one point says my life as spider-man is probably as dangerous as any um, but I'd rather face a hundred supervillains uh, and toss it up. away by getting hooked on hard drugs. Uh, shut the fuck oh up. Because remember he says here. hard drugs? Because I'm pretty sure most of the people at Marvel Comics at that time are smoking weed. Super high. Um, Super fucking high. Um, I'm going to roll a fucking joint right now just to say fuck this guy. So continue. I'm listening. But I'm going to be in the process of rolling a joint just in, in solidarity. You do not fucking design Doctor Strange. Uh... And not be high. There's no way. Um, you can't. It's not possible. Right? No. No, it, I do not believe it is possible to come up with the creativity and the genius and the psychedelic nature of it without actually being psychedelic. Um, so the the storyline is, is very well received. Um, and 
so the and there the 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 authority's argument for denying the approval was deemed to be um, counterproductive. Okay. Um, and then uh, this is what uh, Stan Lee said, said in an interview. He said, that was the only big issue we had um, with the code. He said, I could understand them. They were like lawyers, people who take things literally and technically. The code mentioned that you mustn't mention drugs, and according to their rules, they were right. So I didn't even get mad at them then. I said, screw it, and just took the code seal off of those three issues. Then we went back to the code again. I never thought about the code when I was writing a story because basically I never wanted to do anything that was, to my mind, too violent or too sexy. I was aware that young people were reading these books, and had there not been a code, I don't think I would have done uh, done the stories any differently. I, I actually believe him. Yeah, no, 100%. Um we at Marvel would would be criticized by the head of DC, um, Carmine um, Infantino, um, for quote unquote defying the code, and they stated that DC uh, would not quote unquote do any stories unless the code is uh, do any drug stories unless the code is changed. Isn't Carmine like a, a villain in DC Comics? Like, isn't that a name of a one of the villains? I don't think so. I feel like Carmine is a name that I've heard that has just been associated with a villain. There's there's Carmine Falcone. There's Carmine. Maybe I'm Carmine Coppola. Of, he played the piano and the. Maybe Godfather. I'm thinking of Carmine. Well, no, Falcone. Carmine Carmine Falcone was like the head of like the like Gotham crime. Yeah, yeah, that's what probably. You know the scene of. in okay. Godfather uh, where uh, they have to go to the mattresses he, and they're playing that song on the piano. There's the old guy yeah. playing the piano. That's Carmine Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola's older oh. brother. He's he's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be played yeah. by uh, John Turturro in the Batman, the the new Batman movie coming out. Nice. Okay. All right. The All Jesus. Right. Um, I I didn't see anything about him being named after um, Carmine Infantino, but I wouldn't put it past them because he he's not introduced until 1986 right. as a character. That's okay. actually the I think my uh, grandfather's name. Uh, before he it, came it's over, it's not an uncommon uh, Italian name. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, because the story is is popular, and because the Department of Health and Education and Welfare had sanctioned it, um, the the Congress Code Authority goes to revise the code to permit depictions of narcotics or drug abuse if presented as a vicious habit. Okay. Um, DC itself then would would go on to broach the topic. Um, in a, a Comics Code Authority proof book, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, number 85, um, which came out in September of 1971, um, which was written by Denny O'Neill and, and illustrated by Neil Adams. And it involves uh, the Green Arrow sidekick, Speedy, um, becoming a heroin addict. Wait, so, wait, hang on, wait. His name is Speedy? Yeah. And he's a heroin yeah, addict? Look, yeah, he dude, becomes a heroin he was addict. Just trying, he was just trying to slow down. He was trying to even it out. Yeah, it was, That's it, all. life was going too fast. He was trying he to even to it take out. take off the edge. Yeah. Clearly. He was trying to even things out. Um, and, and Green Lantern, Green Arrow is actually, like, a very good comic in that it's about Green, Green Arrow, who is a Marxist, and Green Lantern, who is, like, an Air Force officer, sort of, like, very straight-laced. Hal like, Jordan. Always, Hal Jordan always votes Republican type guy. Um, and it's just them driving around the country in a truck solving solving problems. And it's it's where that one 
where the picture of the the black guy talking to Green Lantern saying like you've you've helped like the yellow man and the 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 purple man and the whatever man but what are you going to help like the black man wow that's deep um because because not that Hal Jordan is like a, a racist right he's just one of those like Barry Goldwater type Republicans who's just like it's not my problem and people should be allowed to like he's, you know. he's an extreme conservative he's a, he's in a yeah he's, he's an extreme conservative he, fall, he, so he falls he, in line that's what it is yeah um and the the line on the cover of the comic read DC attacks youth's greatest problem drugs um and so by the 80s um depictions of violence had become more acceptable um and also like for instance Moon Knight in in Moon Knight 21, in July of 1982, he encounters zombies. Can't get into Moon Knight. Um, Just can't do it. I don't know why. El- Elvira's House of Mystery, number two. <laughs> definitely get into Elvira. Definitely. Yeah. I'm in. Who, I'm in. Who couldn't? I'd such who a, couldn't? It's such a soft, fluffy, full comic, you know? <laughs> Just a very boldest, lots of thick content, you know? Um, Still, every fucking year on Halloween, watch Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, because it's the, it's the shit. the best. It is that and the Lost Boys and get the fuck out of my house. That and Elvira just have big titties. So that's you know what, dude? Sure. What are you, Trump now? You're just going to say the thing we're just alluding to? Now okay, we can't Ryan. put the code. Okay. We can't put the code on this fucking episode because you had to go and mention her fucking titties. Jesus. That, I feel like I mentioned earlier big throbbing cocks. The goal me here and, me is... And me and Steve, we're gentlemen. You know, we're we're like we're like in the Godfather at the beginning, yeah. and they're sitting in the room talking in innuendo. Right. We have scotch and cigars. Vague, ambiguous. You know, we're 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 intending things, but we're not saying Elvira's biggest. I just bust in here like titties. Yeah. But and you know what else, comic- guys? You know what else was great about Elvira? Her fucking big ass titties. I'm I'm pretty sure Elvira would not be accepted by the Comics Code Authority. Gee, as, as well as due to her due to her low her low uh, shirt line, her her um, low cut dress. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy about so, Elvira? I realize how uh, how much plastic surgery went into that because she looks exactly the same in 2020. She she dated oh, yeah. Elvis. It's insane, dude. Go look. She was go like, find a picture she was like of her. Seventeen at the time, but she dated Elvis. Go find a picture of her from twenty twenty. As a showgirl dude. in Vegas, she looks like a McDonald's yeah, cheeseburger no, yeah. that you leave in like someone's trunk in like the eighties, <laughs> and then you take it out in two thousand twenty, and it still looks completely edible. That's exactly what it is. Uh, but the the that Elvira might be the intro, the, by the way. I'm just saying. The the Elvira comic did have uh, multiple decapitations in it, and it still also carried the the comics code. Um, authority seal on it. Dang. Okay. Um, so uh, by the by the 2000s, um, advertisers uh, no longer made their decisions to advertise in comics um, based on the Comics Code Authority stamp being on the comic. Um, and and a lot of um, a lot of new publishers that would emerge during this time would not carry the Comics Code Authority uh, label um, regardless of, of what their content was. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to uh, DC, Marvel, and and other comic book publishers what year is that this? followed. This is in the two thousands. Okay, thank you. Um, oh shit! So okay. so the CCA um, they would and other sponsors of the CCA uh, would start publishing sort of mature comics for adult audiences that didn't have the seal um, that were hey. labeled for mature readers. Um, for instance, DC's Vertigo is one of these. 
Marvel's Epic Comics as well as their Max label. What about like a lot Image? of the, like the like the Punisher Max one. Well, Image is a general company. Okay. This is like the exact opposite of CDs because you always wanted the one that had like the yeah that was advisory the, on it. This is the one you that was the Tipper Gore conundrum, which was if you put a label on all the CDs that have explicit content, guess which CDs we buy. That sounds like the Barbara Streisand theory. Like oh, the, the Streisand effect. Yeah, the, yeah there's no, the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Streisand effect. Yeah, yeah. same thing. Um, and and some of the DC imprints, such as Helix and Wildstorm, um, were not submitted to the CCA for approval. Not that the content of them was was like beyond like the code, or, or only for mature readers. They just didn't bother with it. Okay. Um, so in, in 2001, the CCA would reject an issue of Marvel Comics X Force. Um, requiring changes to be made. Um, so instead, Marvel just stopped submitting comics to the CCA and implemented its own rating system, <laughs> designating which which age group the book was appropriate for. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't like our comic? Go fuck yourself. We'll do exactly. it ourselves. Exactly. Which is honestly a better. Which is honestly a better system. Like you know, having like yeah, especially. I don't want to go by the system that doesn't want black people as main characters. Well, yeah, make your own system. By, by this time, you know, obviously they can have because you know we have Black Panther and stuff like that in the yeah, in the but 60s. still, I mean, what it's but, based but on. But still, some some racist in the group just can't say it can't be a black person. Yeah. Um. And it's also a better system because the CCA, remember, it's just a it's just a very uniform blanket. Everything has to be like at this level. But with a sort of like an age based grouping, you can say like, well, this comic is good. It's it's more informative for parents as well because it says like this comic is made for age groups from this range to this range, and this book is from this range to this range. So you know, parents can decide which book would be best for their child. Okay. Um, in, in 2010, Bongo Comics, which which do like the Simpsons comics, mm-hmm. um, they would they would also stop uh, using the the comics code without announcing it. Um, well, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm okay with that because the comics code can fuck yeah. right off. And yeah, and by and by 2009 as well, um, the the trade organization management firm Kellen Company, which had which had taken over control of the CMAA. Um, mm-hmm. had sort of ceased their involvement in 2009. So it was just sort of like a barely controlled body by then. It was just sort of like a shell of itself. Wow. Okay. Um, so in, in 2010, um, some publishers, um, uh, the biggest one being Archie Comics, um, still placed the seal on their comics, but they never submitted them to the CMAA. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the just saying, fuck it. Like we're we're putting this on here. I don't give a fuck. Well, what you well say. it's all like Archie <laughs> Comics at that time are going to be you know pushing the envelope. Yeah. Um, they do yeah, now. Archie <laughs> Comics is like the most milk. Yeah, they they went Archie... they went full Wait. force into the sexy teen. Uh... Wait, really? I always thought like Archie Comics was like the most milk toast comics that you could ever fucking read. Yeah, they they were, and they still kind of are. There's some newer ones that are like that are horror based and like. Or like you know the the Sabrina series where she's like where they have like Satan oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I forgot Sabrina the Teenage Witch was an Archie comic. So that, Isn't there a lot based... of like incest and shit in Archie now? Like there's some kind of weird shit that goes on in it that's like real aren't, taboo. Aren't the one the the redheaded like the evil like in the old comics they were like the antagonists like brother and sister from like the rich family. Right. But in the in the CW show and like the more recent which makes like, no sense by the way but. Okay. With, like the sexy teen comics. Well, it's funny. That's why it makes sense. 
sense. Um, mm. But like the very like sexy like comics, they're they're like it, they're somewhat implied to be incestuous, <sighs> kind of like kind of like Fenris and and like Marvel comics, <laughs> that like that the, the, the like Nazi twins that are like all over each other, and then also Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and the Ultimates. Right. Fucking ew. Um. So. Uh, the president of March Archie Comics at that time, uh, Mike uh, Pellerito, he stated that the code did not affect his company in the way that it did others. Quote, unquote, we aren't about to start stuffing bodies into refrigerators, um, which is which is a reference to in an issue of Green Lantern. Um, Kyle Rayner, who was Green Lantern at that time, um, his girlfriend is murdered by a by another uh, by a supervillain. I agree. And. And the, uh, no, it was, um, I think it was Maximum Power. Plus DC, right? Green Lantern. Yeah. I'm not a Green Lantern fan. I actually don't like Green Lantern for the same reason that my father-in-law doesn't like Green Lantern. It's fucking OP. Forget the yellow (laughs) shit. It's, he's OP. Anyway. Anyway. But anyways, his, his girlfriend is killed, um, and her body is, um, is cut up. Um, and placed into a, a refrigerator, right. which he discovers like you do. Um, when Holy he, shit! Like you do. When, when he, when he, when he like opens the refrigerator, it has like a note on it, and it was considered like very edgy, obviously for the time. And it's it's considered edgy now. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, i would say that's edgy now. What the fuck you mean? <laughs> but it's it's considered. Um, it it was major force. Okay, I see I what believe. you're. I see what you're saying. Um, but. But anyways, it was considered like it became such a thing within the industry that it was so extreme and also so misogynistic, you know, to have the main character's like girlfriend to just be like brutally killed in that way that they would refer to like when when a main character's like girlfriend is killed in an edgy way of that like that that you'd be referred to as being like fridged. Okay. And that's that's vaguely what he's referencing. Um, okay. On January 20th, 2011, DC Comics announced that it would discontinue uh, participating in the rating system and that they would adopt a a system similar to Marvel's. So they'd rate themselves, okay. Um, And they also, they had had sort of sent comics in for approval um, up to December of 2010, um, but they they did not say what they submitted. Um, And a day later after that, um, Archie Comics, which was like... The only other publisher still participating in the code announced that they would discontinue it, and the code became defunct. Done. What year is that? 2011? 2011. Um, so Get out of here. On, on September 29th, uh, 2011, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, um, they acquired the intellectual property rights to the Comics Code Seal and the, the CMAA. So basically, they just have the rights to the actual seal itself. So they, yes, yeah, so they took the rights to the seal in the organization, so no one else could take it. And the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund is a sort of like it's sort of like the ACLU, but for comics. Okay. In that they will um, they will defend um, people who make comics that are they're coming up against obscenity laws and other things like that, sort of helping out companies and creators who are coming under fire from groups um, like the Comics Code Authority. Um, so it's okay. kind of it's kind of ironic. Or, or sort of like a sense of justice, I would say, that in the end, the Comics Code Authority ends up getting bought up by this grassroots uh, legal defense fund that defends comic book writers. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. We own it now, boys. Print the nipples and Where dicks. <laughs> <laughs> they just 
they just go out, they just pull the lever on one of those old-timey, like, newspaper presses. And just start and shooting just that, out violence and titties. It's just that picture from the Big Lebowski when he traces on the paper and the guy with, like, the boner. No, it's, uh... It's, uh... <laughs> uh it's the Exploited, that song, Sex and Violence, from Salt Lake City Punk. You ever hear yeah, that song? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's that song's playing as soon as they pull the lever. Sex, and violence. And they just start printing that shit out. That'd make a good documentary, actually. I'm sure there are some on it. Um, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, they, they actually have a lot of articles on like the, the censorship of comics. Sure. Makes sense. Um, so here's my question for you, Steve, right? Because you're you're the smart guy here. Th- thanks, Do buddy. You think... <laughs> that, uh, listen, he's the one teaching both of us, asshole. Trust me. He's the smart uh, You here. missed the joke there, but okay. <laughs> Um, do you, yeah, I do you think that this is eventually going to go, like, the MPAA will also go the same, like, the way of the comic book code, where eventually movie theaters and, or, sorry, production studios just start saying, hey, we're going to rate our own movies, we don't need you rating our shit because we're constantly having to I mean, they kind of already have. And update it to what you want. No, I mean, everything still gets a rating. Everything well, still gets a rating unless it's, like, pays, quote, unquote, unrated. Who the fuck pays attention to it? Like, when's the last time you were in a... Sorry, Steve. When's the last time you were in an R-rated movie and there were kids there? Well, that's Every what I mean. Like, time? when do you think if the MPAA will... Well, if it will go defunct, well, I don't, do you think that's a thing? I don't think the MPAA will, will go defunct because, like... Unless a movie is like NC-17, right. like a movie theater is just going to carry it. Because the idea of the Comics Code Authority is your comics have to meet the standard. And if they don't meet the standard, they're not getting published. Like you're never going to be able to sell them. So you have to you have to follow our rules and you have to edit it like we say or it's not getting released. Like, okay. like even, even 30 years ago, you could release an NC-17 movie. It's just not going to be in like a movie theater. <laughs> it's not going to be at the um, NC. Okay. And and a, and the and the MPAA like their rating system is very similar, you know, to the system that Marvel and DC uses, where it where it just sort of says like this is the level this movie's at, and this is how old you should be to watch it. Like, you know, you have to be seventeen or accompanied by a parent or an adult to see a to see a rated R movie. But it's not like most theaters are like carding people for a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, it's rated okay. FP, bro. Full penetration. <laughs> <laughs> It's rated SD. You see the dick. <laughs> Sawn dick. And that could, that stands for both the horror movie where a dick gets sawed off and a dick that's seen. A sawn it, it dick. I also want to bring up it also, this episode is rated NC-17. Oh, yeah. it, it also applies to a lot of uh, British movies. Like, if someone's going to be hanging dong in a movie, it was probably made in, in Europe or, or Great Britain. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this too. Um, so I was watching. I was watching. The Whenever boys, you start okay? a like, sentence with was, "I'm gonna tell you this," I am like ready. Go. You are I'm ready. For it, right? So listen. I watched like I'm watching the boys, and it's it's. I've seen it creeping in more and more into the mainstream. But just seeing dick, I'm just like, wow. Okay, holy shit. That's not something I was expecting. When translucent like is like walking fir- around, not oh, translucent. Oh, the first season. I'm only on okay. The yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, I'm just like amazed at the amount of dick that is shown. I'm like, I mean, okay, you gotta think of it is, like Game of Thrones. I mean, it's it's more common now. Never watched it. You, yeah, you, there's a lot of you should watch it. The first like couple seasons are fantastic, and then they, you can tell that they they that George R. R. Martin didn't have anything written down, and they fucking made shit up as they were going along. But 
HBO. Yeah. But the, anyway, that but was it. That was it. I was gonna say, speaking of translucent, <laughs> one of my favorite memes is the one with with Butcher. And it's just like, if it isn't the invisible cunt. <laughs> Dude, that, that movie says cunt more times than White Man Can't Jump says fuck. Like, I love it. it. Is, I, I'm trying to bring a resurgence of the word cunt back to the United States because I know it was here for well, a while. So I think Carl Urban should be your saint. You know what I mean? He is. He I, lo- I love is. him in that. I think he is fantastic in that. Oh. When he was, I I, uh, I got to keep my mouth shut. All right, you haven't seen that yet. Him and I love Jim Jeffries too. Jim Jeffries is right. also doing the Lord's work and trying to bring cunt to the. He's United all right. States. His comedy's good. He's all right. So that's it. That's that's, that's the, the defunct comics code authority trying to trying to tell people what they can and can't show in their comic books. You see what happens? You get. You fucked. see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? Yeah, you see what happens. <laughs> You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? The movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. All right, everybody. You ever seen an alligator wearing pants? <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, no, there was uh, – the, one of my favorite ones is from Scarface. And in the TV edit of Scarface, with the, the scene where they ask him, like, how did you get those scars? He says, eating pineapple. Oh, my <laughs> oh my god. And with that <laughs> and with the that and, and with that <laughs> We're gonna go get some Good night everybody We're gonna go eat some pineapple. <laughs> Good night everybody I'm gonna go throw up after these tequila drinks. Bye. Later.